the you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet o fish or the Big Mac, and he says, I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a long time coming episode of Bald Move TV. We've seen a couple of shows that we were interested in talking about. Thought we'd jump on the mics and do it. Okay. Uh, I watched Ash versus Evil Dead. I can't I Good can't get over that name. Ash versus Evil Dead, not the Evil Dead, which I'm used to saying. Oh, really? It's not Ash versus the Evil Dead? No, just Ash versus Holy Evil shit. Dead. Holy shit. That yeah. is a mouthful. Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, so I, I don't know what's up there, but I thoroughly enjoyed I guess the movie are not, is not the Evil Dead. It's just Evil I, Dead. I guess so. Yeah, I'm not totally sure about that. I always call it the Evil Dead, though. Hmm. But that's just me. Uh, you watched it today. We watched it this morning. Uh, I watched it on Saturday night when it came out mm-hmm. as well. So I've seen it a couple of times. What did you think on your your first viewing? Well, so if you, I, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what kind of person would like the show. I mean, if you liked Evil Dead Two and Armies of Darkness, then or Army of Darkness rather. God, I can't get any of these titles right. <laughs> you will probably like this movie if you like. Yeah slapstick physical comedy you will like this this tv show rather if you Mm -hmm. like really well done and creepy but not take itself too seriously gore and horror effects you'll probably like this show but and even i like i'm primed to like the show i like ash um the character i like bruce campbell the 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 person um Mm -hmm. i've even seen like some of the obscure shit like bubba hotep yeah uh, and even then I was watching it like, man, this it's being so schlocky and so self-referential. And like when he went to, you know, like the light bulb gag. Sure. Like it starts off. I'm like, this is so tired and hackneyed. I can't fuck it. <laughs> but they always take it to that. Like they invite you to like, yes, scorn, mock us. And then they take yeah. it to another level that is just so absurd or so you know Bruce Campbell with this physical comedy is so good that it makes you laugh despite yourself. Yeah, I think Bruce Campbell sells most of this when it has no business playing at all. Yeah, same thing with like you know this is something he does in Army of Darkness and when when he fights with it like a little thing. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, there's no fucking way. This come on, come on, you can't do this in 2015, <laughs> guys. And uh, then he starts smashing pots on his face, <laughs> and you you, uh, you laugh despite yourself. Yeah, no, that, that's how I feel. Uh, there is a secret sauce about Ash. L- legitimately, it's it's the same kind of Archer thing where he's legitimately a badass mm-hmm. occasionally that that sells his swagger and bravado and everything else, even though like he's clearly a loser and yeah, nobody thinks much of him. And there's a lot of pathetic things about his life. But uh. when the Deadites come out, he he kicks ass. He does. He does, and, and it's entertaining. That's the thing. Like I. I don't like the character of Ash. I don't like him as a person necessarily. He is kind of a terrible human being. He is. Like, the the way he's just going up to this girl at the counter and hitting on her and being completely oblivious to, you know, any kind of societal rules here. Uh, On the other hand, a guy guy who's who's beat back the forces of darkness and been through his experience and cut off his own hand 
can probably be a little maladjusted and creepy and not give a shit about societal convention. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, if, if Bruce Campbell himself as an actor wasn't so charming, mm-hmm. I don't think this would play at all. It is unbelievable Yeah, that he can do the things he does. Like, even the premise of the show itself, which this isn't a spoiler, this happens like the first five minutes... The reason this is all happening again is because he got super high with the girl he's trying to impress, <laughs> and he just decided to whip out the Necronomicon and start uh-huh. reading out of it as a gag. And I thought I'm that like, was a pretty good reason for the Evil Dead to come back. But when it started up, I'm like, come the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. But by the end of it, I'm like, okay, fine, whatever, because what else? You get this drug-fueled haze going on. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Yeah. The other thing I like about it is how kind of retro Raimi it is. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of signature Raimi moves. If you're a fan of his, you'll see it in his Spider-Man and some of others mainstream movies. The whole low uh, tracking steady cam shot through the woods is a staple yeah. of all his horror movies and it's it makes its way into Spider-Man. It's anytime something from the edges is going to attack somebody. There is uh, smash zooms to like uh, illustrate physical impacts, unseen physical impacts on things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he used those a lot to, like, uh, when Dr. Ock was attacking in Spider-Man. Like, he'd mm-hmm. smash cut into what his the arms were to kind of give you that motion simulation. And mm-hmm. he directed this first episode. Yeah, yeah. He wrote at least, he co-wrote the first one with his brother and some other guy who I've never heard of, but I guess he's seen and written and produced a lot of things. And I know he wrote the second episode. Um, I don't, according to Wikipedia, he didn't direct any others. But he seemed like he was pretty involved in it and is kind of committed to seeing it succeed. So, yeah, I was surprised how many references they had to the original movies. I was in this too. first episode. Like they just hit you with all of it: the shotgun, the chainsaw, the little mm-hmm. dolls, like yeah, everything. Yeah, and I wonder if they can keep. That going for 10 episodes. Yeah, that, that's what surprised me. I was like, okay, maybe they'll whip out the chainsaw like episode three or something. But Because this has to, I mean, there's a lot of normalcy that grounded this episode. You know, you've got the the young man who's kind of fallen for this young wo- woman, but mm-hmm. also Bruce is kind of lecherous. And you got Bruce's, you know, pathetic attempts to stave off going into old age. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. You've got a side story with the cops. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot how, all about that one. I wonder how far into kind of horror comedy farce they're going to go. Well, then you also got Lucy Lawless it. playing a very mysterious yeah. 30-second appearance character that is obviously going to be a... I, well, I mean, obviously. It probably is going to figure <laughs> in prominently later on. But So I guess it's not just all Bruce. You got the, the, the cop lady who reminds me a lot of the um, the Rachel Brooks character from Justified. Um, and just kind of her no-nonsense approach and also just her physical looks. She's a pretty good pretty good approximation of that character. Um, and, you know, she's in a situation where she justifiably kills a house full of people and her partner, mm-hmm. but to people that don't know about Deadites and the Necronomicon and all that stuff, it looks like she just went psycho and, and killed a bunch of people. So she's on some kind of administrative leave, but yeah. she's still trying to understand what happened to her and how or. or her and Ash going to cross paths. There's, there's a lot of, I yeah, guess. How's Xena going to cross paths? There's a lot of stuff that's set up here. Uh, and they could do, I mean, there's a lot of like uh, typical gags. I was thinking after we watched it, like, would it be interesting to meet Ash's father? 
and kind of like an Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade type of way to see like mm-hmm. what's you know is is his dad an even bigger badass or his dad more of a bookish nerd or, or you know what is he like? Because Ash himself is still a stock boy. Yeah, in well, his he's late fifties at this point. You know they they claim that that's because he's laying low, right? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't want the dead to find him, so he just keeps a low profile. Sure. I don't know. I think that there's <laughs> enough evidence that he's such a schmuck in his yeah. day, day-to-day existence that that might be what he tells himself. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, if he's really hiding out from the dead, I don't think he'd be reading from the Necronomicon. Maybe in, in some so. level that he misses those days and he wanted them back. Could be. Could I don't be. Know. Maybe Sam Raimi does, too. I don't know. Ah. <laughs> Could be. Uh, yeah, but so I'm, I'm curious to see where they're going to take it, how far into fantasy they're going to go. Like... Are they going to have him go through an interdimensional riff and end up in, like, another Army of Darkness type of scenario? So or what I read... Is it going to be more normal? What I read stuff? is that they, in this continuity, which the Evil Dead continuity is kind of hard to figure out because we it were is, talking about, yeah. like... So is the Evil Dead 2 the real version of Ash? Because, like, Evil Dead 2 is kind of a remake of Evil Dead 1. Kind of, yeah. I, and then... It has the same character, Ash, but I don't think the other characters are the same, and... Even also, the events weird. happen differently, and it's like, I, I don't feel like that in the second one that, you know, it's like they start off as if the first one didn't happen. It's an alternate reality version of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then Armies of Darkness, which is the sequel to Evil Dead 2, I heard that is this is not part of the history of the character because the studio making the rights to this did not actually buy was not the same studio that made Army of Darkness. So it's two different studios and you they okay. they can't use the that that they got the character and the name Evil Dead but probably for the same reason Army of Darkness didn't refer to the Evil Dead. They don't have the rights to that, so it's like, how is that going to come? That, but wow. that's not a huge complication because, you know, that was kind of an alternate timeline anyway. It I was, guess it would have yeah, been yeah. fun if they did a time travel episode where he went back to that community and, and did all that. But, like, all those, you know. Yeah, they're clearly referencing stuff from it, so it's not like they're ignoring it entirely. How are they referencing stuff from Those it? little dolls. I mean, you see a wall that, of yes, dolls, yes, and you yes. go, oh, that's, one of that's coming to life. You that's expect them all to. Yeah, that's mini Ash. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that was a nod to that, but they obviously can't just reference that. I don't know mm-hmm. how it's copyright and IP law is weird. Sure. But yeah, you got this kind of mud, but they could. They could do time travel. Uh, they could do different dimensions. They could go to hell. I mean, that, all that stuff sounds interesting. Yeah. But they shot so much of their wad in this one. Mm-hmm. Like how, how, many, how, how many times can Ash cut someone's head off with a chainsaw and it be fresh and relevant i mean that's kind of the walking dead problem they have to bend over backwards to come up with a way to kill zombies in a novel way or it would get stale as hell yeah only 10 episodes this season so not too worried about it getting stale and and they can literally go anywhere with this right it's not like in the walking dead where they have to be somewhat grounded in a reality even if that is a fictional reality yeah this can go anywhere sure so i'm kind of happy with that and i'm curious where they'll go with it but I I really enjoy this first one just as a fan of Evil Dead. Yeah, and I also hope that the with Sam Raimi helming the first one that they continue that visual style. Yeah, because it did feel very Evil Dead. Oh yeah, like everything about it felt you know like some of those fir- those steady cam wood tracking shots they could have been from the first one, uh-huh. except for they look slightly better. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, you know, film quality and all that. I think a lot better. What What do you think about them? 
just straight up using clips from the old movies up there on the wall on those boxes when he was telling uh what's his name the story i so when i was looking at that i thought are they literally projecting those on the boxes or is that some kind of post-production seemed like they were projecting them but i don't i thought it was cool i thought it was cool it reminded me of uh there's one splinter cell game where instead of you know giving you your mission like in text that pops up on some kind of hud they actually projected like what you're supposed to do on the buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I always think that's kind of a, a cool, immersive way, rather than do the old, like, you know, Wayne's World style, flashback. They yeah. just, it's still in universe, and you can still see, you know, Bruce Campbell up there hamming it up, but you can also see the the, the shots in the movie behind him. And that's actually another thing that they did do, is they use that little swirl uh, uh, yeah. visual that they used in previous movies. Yeah, yeah. I think literally the same one. I, yeah. I mean, maybe they recreated it, but it looks exactly the same. Yeah. So I don't know. I like it. I'll continue to watch it. Yeah, me too. I'm. I don't know if I'll because I just found out I don't actually have stars. It's oh like my god! So I don't know if I'll be watching it at the same time or if I'll have to like catch up at a later date. But uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. want to see where it goes. All right. What's with the trend of? Of studios renewing stuff before they even aired. Yeah, you know, I I don't know because stars like they've had a couple of things that I feel like are modest hits, like Black Sails mm-hmm. is the pirate series that I've never seen, but I've heard good things about, and Outlander, which is seems like a quality series, but I watched like three episodes, and like nope, I don't need any more of this. <laughs> but they're not. They're not really breakout commercial hits, so maybe they're committed to like whether this flops or not. You know, we want to. This is another part of the crowd. Like we've got the you know we've got the women interested with the Outlander, and we've got you know pirate fans with the Black Sails, or maybe that's (laughs) large demographic. Like historical fiction. Like you're going after the Game of Thrones, going after the Viking crowd, like that, and that's kind of men and women and. You know, you know, the Evil Dead is popular, and the kind of the geek. We don't have the geek. Yeah. We don't have the geek trying the, to capture some of that. We don't have the geek culture strapped down. So I feel like that, like maybe they just committed the two. And I, you know, Sam Raimi's famous for making shit cheap. Yeah, that looks pretty good cheap. So maybe he that's part of the pitch. I'm making shit up right now, but <laughs> I was shocked when I heard that they, I, if they announced that they renewed it this week, it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me because yeah. Everybody watched it. It's like, not only am I pleasantly surprised, I actually think it's good. I had a lot of fun watching the show. Mm-hmm. And the re- the ratings are okay. But yeah, then again, like I have no idea how to judge. I mean, these would be dismal, terrible ratings by AMC and FX standards. Um, but for stars, I mean, maybe it's a hit. So interestingly enough, I looked at the statistics for stars and... The debut episode, episode episode for Outlander got 700,000 people, 720,000 people. So Ash okay. actually debuted slightly worse. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was kind of surprising. Yeah, that is a little surprising. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm excited for the rest of it. I it's just strange to see this kind of flop in like flip-flop in TV where it used to be like, fuck, we don't know if we're getting another season all the way up until after the final episode, right? Well, but I, there again, it, and that now depends. it's like everything's renewing before it's even aired. 
Well, I mean, everybody's trying to, I mean, there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, we always talked about um, how Breaking Bad and Mad Men, if everybody kind of just murdered them in the crib because of the low ratings, AMC wouldn't be where it is today. Um, So you kind of have a little bit of faith. And also, networks are just trying to kind of get their their, their toe in the door, this original programming. Mm Mm-hmm. With with series that are not expensive to make, maybe they're more willing to tolerate that risk. I don't know. It's yeah. such it's so different from like network television. It feels like they throw stuff out there, and if it's not caught on three or four episodes, whether the critics like it or not, it gets yanked. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, I was surprised too. And maybe they're going. I mean, because this isn't this isn't not a show that's going to win Emmys either. No, like absolutely it, it might not. be a critical darling in this fact that like Alan Sepinwall always says, oh, it's a lot of fun, blah, blah, blah. And he might write something for the premiere and for the finale, but he's not going to even cover it week to week. No, and that's never what Evil Dead was. I mean, Evil Dead is a cult phenomenon. Yeah. It's not it's not some movie that's super popular. And is I will say I'm, I'm kind of shocked that on, on Halloween night that it only drew like half a million people watching it. I mean, it's a Saturday night. That's, that's Halloween true. party night. Yeah, Saturday night at nine o'clock is the worst yeah. time for this it to demographic, air, especially the, on the, Halloween. The, the, the people wanting to watch this route, like I, you know, I was running yeah. around the house. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I don't know. I, I'm going to be watching it for sure. We have another show to talk about. Yes, this is something that I made you watch at gunpoint because uh-huh. uh, I don't feel like enough people are watching this, and I also. I've heard about the show for like six, seven months, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. And I don't even remember why I started watching it. I know Cecily started watching it, and she got like three episodes in and said, you need to sit down and watch this. It's Rick and Morty. It's a, yeah, I was yeah, whatevering it too. It's it's an animated series. Um, it's on the adult, it's on Adult Swim, which a lot of people think, oh, it's Aqua Teen Hunger Force, or it's going to be. It's actually a 30 minute show. And it's you know what they they oversaturated me on these comedy cartoons these com- animated comedies yeah they're kind of interchangeable yes like they don't have and really... that that was a huge problem and I stopped watching everything on Adult Swim for a long time because of that yeah I mean it's you know it, it, it's kind of fun in the DVR DVR age I've started subscribing to some of them uh, because you can watch them there's no commercials mm-hmm. uh, it's it's ten minutes and you're done so it's a perfect kind of I'm eating, I want something on. Uh, oh, I'm not done with my sandwich yet, so I'll do another one. And then, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I've made any kind of big commitment. Rick and Morty is about 23 minutes without commercials. But it's a, it's a cartoon. Um, it's super adult. has super adult situations. It doesn't pull mm-hmm. any punches. It's got a lot of swearing. It's got nudity. Uh, it, it, the premise is if Doc Brown from Back to the Future was the grandfather of Marty McFly rather than his just weird kind of creepy high school mentor. Uh, and they got off into all kinds of crazy interdimensional time paradox adventures. What would that actually... And also Doc Brown is a raging alcoholic. Yes, I was going to say, is a complete drunk and is also definitely way smarter than a Doc Brown would be. Yeah, like um, he, this guy's Lex Luthor, like next yeah. level the top 1% of the entire universe intellects yeah, with his technology. But he also lives in the garage of some suburban home. And like, I feel like I'm not doing the the premise justice here, but here's the other thing that if you're like, I don't give a shit, it's 
one of the is co-created by Dan Harmon of Community Fame, uh-huh. who is a very funny guy, and now he's got an animated series where literally anything could happen. And I think that's for me the charm of the show is that li- with this premise, literally anything could happen. It is, yeah. It's uh, and also the other thing he does, if you've seen any of Community, he loves to theme his episodes with kind of pop culture references. Yeah. So like the first. So the first episode, I don't, I don't know what that's themed, but the second and third episodes are both themed like Inception with some other pop culture references in there too. But yeah. then the third one is Jurassic Park, essentially. Yep. Uh, and he kind of has his own spin on each of those things. And he does, there's a, every episode is kind of themed like that. And it, feel, it feels like the yeah. first six or seven episodes, he is just is rev, reveling in the ability that he can do anything. He's not held back. Yeah. And then around episode seven or eight, they're like, wait a second, we've actually got some interesting things that we've done. Maybe we can draw some continuity. And they start <laughs> that kind of the, the foundation that season two builds upon. And I, they say some really smart things about, um, and I know you can't speak to this, but about mm-hmm. like what marriage is like in the 21st century and raising children and what it's like to be in an unhappy marriage and what it's like to be kids in an unhappy marriage. And then they also do really interesting things with like time paradoxes and interdimensions and what is the implication if you die in one dimension or in in a, in an alternate time reality uh there and and there's also one episode each year where or each season where the conceit is Rick and Morty just watch interdimensional television like he, okay. it's infinite, like infinite. Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> well, it's like so. One of the channels might be Beavis and Butthead, except for it's a world where humans evolved from corn. So it's, it's it's Beavis and Butthead, except for everyone looks like corn cobs. That's one episode, and another is and this, and this. I'm not actually making up. It's a universe inhabited by uh, intelligent prairie dogs that pop out of people's assholes like they do holes in the ground. And you literally, you have humans crawling on their hands okay. and they, on their hands and feet with their asses jacked up in the air. And there's prairie mm-hmm. dogs, intelligent prairie dogs popping out of them. And there's surgeon prairie dogs and there's, there's lawyer prairie dogs and there's businessmen and factory workers, but they're all. So that's the other thing about this show. A lot of the humor is very juvenile. Yeah, a lot of it is very lowbrow. Like in the season one, I think they they had a dare of how many testicles they could work into the character design of all these aliens. Like every aliens has it's scrotums, obvious, yeah. scrotums coming off their chin, from their uh, chest, from their ass, from their elbows. Like there's just everything where there's a place you could fit them. There's testicles hanging off of them, mm-hmm. and that's I mean, this sounds really bad and lame, <laughs> but the writing and the voice were kind of elevated. It does, and you know it's a combination of that lowbrow and the more cerebral stuff. Yeah, that that really makes it work, in my opinion. I'll also say that like a couple things you're going to have to power through is Rick almost always has some kind of vomit on his mouth mm-hmm. that I found insanely distracting. And then he's slurping up, and it's really gross. He's belching like through his words a lot because you know uh-huh. he's almost always drunk, and that I feel like. I'm not sure if they just start laying off that around halfway through season one, or you just get so used to it that you don't notice it anymore. Okay. But rewatching the first few episodes today, I'm like, yeah, he's be- he's doing that belching thing again. So I kind of feel like they laid off of it a little bit. Maybe so. But I found the first. In fact, I didn't like the first episode until I got to this back half of it, where things got really, you know, really bizarre with them trying to smuggle mega nuts. Yeah, through back to the normal human dimension, and things get really weird and crazy, and 
people start getting murdered and I started getting what the whole series is about. But yeah, for the first 15 minutes is just Belch and Doc Brown being disgusting Mm -hmm. with his poor grandson. (laughs) And there's also a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of just juvenile humor. Like the principal's name is Mr. Vagina. Sure. That, that joke went over like a lead balloon. And, and, but that's also, it's like, I feel like when shit like that happens in a writing room, instead of abandoning it, they just draw attention to it. Like when he says, Hey, yeah, uh, you know, Mr. Vagina, no relation. No relation to what? The name Vagina? What does that even mean? Or when they start an episode with the conceit of Inception, they just fully embrace it. In fact, they kind of... Sure, yeah. What's weird is they simultaneously take shots at Inception like it's a terrible movie that doesn't make sense, and no one likes it and everyone hates it. Mm-hmm. But they're baking a version of their own Inception. Yeah, so no, that's a really that's saying this episode. episode's terrible? Like, I don't... <laughs> I'm I don't know sure. what they actually, you know, and, and having Rick be, he's also very curmudgeonly, and he just detests human nature and scorns most human activity. So yeah. having him say those things about the show, you could kind of like maybe not take it seriously. But I also would not be surprised if like you found out that Dan Harmon or one of the other guys that wrote it uh, really hates Inception and doesn't understand why everyone likes it. I mean, that's totally possible. They're the entire time they're lampooning it. It's not like. Uh, fuck this movie, and also we want to do a version of that because we think it's really cool. No, they're yeah. they're making fun of it the entire time. Are they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. I don't know because I don't say how you can take the core conceit and rules of a world and lampoon it and also say it's terrible because you're also I don't know. It's like if you make a statue out of shit, it's by definition a shitty statue, right? Yes, but if <laughs> if the message is hey that this shit is shit, <laughs> then I don't know why it wouldn't it wouldn't work. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but um, I think that the the highlight for me, I wish I thought that the third episode was the me six one, but there's this one particular episode. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's around this this being that can be summoned from a box when you hit a button. This this intelligent being comes forth and he will do one task of, of bidding and then this after he accomplishes it and he disintegrates. Mm-hmm. And what happens when you give like Rick's family who are kind of a bunch of narcissistic idiots this box with these uh-huh. with these beings that they're bidding and it's like completely subverts your expectation. You you think like oh I see where this is going and you're completely wrong. And there there's a lot of that stuff like too. Like when the dog becomes super intelligent and yeah, I was gonna say a lot of these episodes have multiple threads going. Yeah, and they keep like where you think they're going is like where they get to in the first third of the episode, and then by the third third, it's just redi- crazy ridiculous. Yeah, but no, I highly it's recommend good. it. I think everybody should watch it. Uh, it's, uh, I know it's on the second season's on demand, and you could probably just jump right in there. But there's a lot of good stuff in season one, and the only place I know it's on right now is Hulu. All right, good. I'm glad there's a season two out already because yep. I'll probably blitz through all these. I guess they're writing, they're writing season three right now. So I think season two just concluded like in early October. So mm-hmm. hopefully by next spring or summer we'll have another season. Cool. Everybody should catch up. Yeah, I liked it. I, I will definitely be watching it. Anything else you want to talk about? Or No, I mean okay. I don't usually give out uh, – addresses for feedback because it's bald move tv by the time we record another one we won't have read or remembered the other feedback but yeah well you should get places. to the forums yeah forums.baldmove.com there's already a rick and morty appreciation thread there uh there's already an ash versus evil dead see i got it right 
Asher's is Evil Dead thread there. Uh, pile on. More the merrier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, that's it. We'll be back whenever we feel like it. Yep. <laughs> and until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Bye-bye.